After making an episode about Sabbath, I took an unannounced sabbatical for a multitude of reasons. A lot of stuff got done, including me moving into a new area that is much quieter on campus. So I am very excited about that. But just focusing on the ideas of rest and the necessity of rest got me to thinking about dreams. Now, I did announce, I believe it was during the interview with Josiah Rojas, but I did plan on doing an episode about dreams and visions. But usually when we think about dreams and visions and such the like, we think of something that is very figurative, but we overlook the prominence and importance of these subjects in the Bible throughout the whole thing from Old Testament to the New Testament from cover to cover. So much is in Genesis and so much is in Revelation. Yet this is something that we are getting beat up in as Christians and just as people in general around that we tend to not understand that does take a little bit of wisdom, especially biblical wisdom, that is just right in front of our eyes in order for us to understand. So without further ado, put on your spiritual scuba diving gear because we are as always about to dive deep. My name is Amani Akins and this is another episode of the Deeper Waters Podcast by Piscatus Rose. This is one of those episodes to where there's so much information but such little time so I'm going to get right into this because there's a lot to expound on. This is an advanced warfare tactic as well as just something that we should understand as disciples as we grow and move on from just laying the foundation of the salvation of our doctrine that we should pay attention to because there is so much that goes on in this realm. So just to begin, I want to highlight that this is an area that we do need to be very careful with most and i would say if not all dreams are spiritual but not all dreams are of god there's a lot of things that the bible has to say about dreams both both positively and negatively but it does not neglect the importance regardless but i do want to start off with a short passage of scripture found in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verses 1 through 7 and it says the following keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools for they consider not that they do evil be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God for God is in heaven and thou upon earth Therefore let thy words be few, for a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is is it that thou shouldest not vow, than thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before an angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice, and destroy the work of thy hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words they are, there are diverse vanities, but fear thou 
God. So why did I read that part? Well, of course, one of the main things that message passage was focusing on was not to be hasty in anything that we do for God, what we speak to God, or even making a vow to God that is something that you shouldn't really not not necessarily even do. I know it talks about not taking oaths in the Bible, but anyways, another thing that it talks about here is that there are many vanities in dreams. There are many things that are not of God in those dreams, but you probably did not need me to tell you that. However, sometimes God may speak to you through a dream. It's all about seeking his voice at the end of the day. And some of you guys may know this already, and then some of you guys may not believe me. And like, this is just something for crazy people. But we already know what Joel and Acts chapter 2 says about God pouring out of his spirit. Not pouring out his spirit, but pouring out of his spirit, visions and dreams. But what else does the Bible say? So I'm going to give a little bit of a rapid fire here just to show how prominent this subject of just dreams alone is in the Bible. So... And I'm not going to read the whole verses, but just to emphasize how important they are. So Genesis 20 and 3 says, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night. Genesis 31, 11 says, and the angel of God spake unto me in a dream. Genesis 31, 24 says, and God came to Laban, the Syrian, in a dream by night and said unto him. Numbers 12, 6 says, and he spake. And he said, hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. First Samuel 28, verse 6 says, and when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. First Kings 3, 5 says, and Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask what I shall give thee. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17 says, As these four children God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. God given understanding in visions and dreams. Joel 2.28 And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions matthew 1 and 20 and this is in the new testament but while he thought on these things behold the angel of the lord appeared unto him in a dream saying joseph thou son of david fear not to take unto thee mary thy wife for that which is conceived in her is of the holy ghost Again, in Matthew 2, chapter 12 through 13 says, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee a word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And then later on in chapter 2, verse 19 through 20. But when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared, appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. For they are dead, but shot thy child's life. 
And then chapter two, Matthew chapter two, verse 22 says, but when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of a dream, warned of God in a dream, he turned aside the parts of Galilee. So another Joseph throughout the Bible and another dreamer. And then Acts chapter two, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. We already know if you read through the Bible or have been in a church growing up from hearing about different prominent figures in the Bible, two whole stories in the Bible were fully dedicated to the topic of dreams and visions and the interpretation thereof. I'm not here to talk about Joseph or Daniel today, but to highlight what the world and psychology told us was insignificant when the Bible clearly shows it is an important, if not the primary form of communication. Now, I'm not saying it's over prayer or anything like that, but it was one of the main forms that we find throughout scripture that God used to communicate. Even non-believers, even people who were not of the Hebrew lineage at this time that were not God's people, received dreams and visions from God, specifically from God. The word dream is mentioned 87 times in the Bible. Many believe visions were night and were night visions in another form of a dream as well. Visions are mentioned 95 times in the Bible. Now, a lot of times when we think of a vision, we might be thinking of some demonic, that's a raven vision, which that's demonic. Now, that right there is also more in the realm of a trance, which is not necessarily, I'm not saying that you'll never see anything like that because that also happened in the Bible. But visions are not always in that form. Visions and dreams and even trances were all forms of communication both in the Old and New Testament, even after the foundation of the church. Visions, so I talked about a lot of stuff here, so let's break down some of the stuff. So visions are typically dreams that are prophetic. The primary form of communication for the prophets throughout the Old Testament. So Hosea chapter 12, verse 10 says, I have spoken by the prophets. I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. There were open visions and closed visions. Some visions were more like daydreams that happened throughout the day. They may even go to a location and receive a vision. Some were like a trance almost. Some of them were like half reality and half vision. And, but many of them were what we call dreams nowadays or what the Bible may even call night visions or closed visions. And then there's also dreams that are symbolic when the Bible is talking about a dream specifically. These are usually symbolic and typically almost every time a dream is mentioned, it is for a warning or awareness of a spiritual climate and even something that is coming up. But it's usually a lot more ambiguous. And I don't think there's any coincidence that the Bible said young men shall see visions that are a little bit clearer. And old men shall dream dreams because these tend to be a little bit more ambiguous and require somebody wise to understand what is going on in this dream. And many people didn't understand their own dreams. So that is very important. So 
we see that dreams and visions, these are very prominent throughout the whole entire Bible. God talked to every prophet this way. And even people who weren't necessarily in the office of a prophet, he talked to through this way. God talked many times and even the angel of the Lord talked through this way. So it's okay if people call you crazy for paying attention to this stuff because they hated Joseph. They hated him for being a dreamer. But it was Joseph that had this level of wisdom, both Joseph and Daniel, that elevated them to heights, both in the natural world and in the spiritual world. So let the people who hate on this be foolish and keep on hating. But this is something that the Bible is very clear on, that this is a form of communication that we at least need to pay attention to. I'm not saying it's something that we need to exalt, but it is something that we need to pay attention both for the reasons of hearing God, but also for the reason of paying attention to what is not of God. So let's start here in Jeremiah chapter 23 and starting with verse one. Woe unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastors. So just to pause right there, pastor is another term for a shepherd. So saith the Lord, therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the people that feed my pastors that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Behold, the day is come, saith the Lord. I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And in his day, in his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days cometh, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say the Lord liveth which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all the countries whither I had driven them and they shall dwell in their own land. So that was the prophecy right there. But now we're going to get into the part more about the dreams and even false prophecies. So verse nine. Mine heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine hath overcome because of the Lord and because of the words of his holiness. For the land is full of adulterers. For because of swearing the land mourneth, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up and their course is evil and their force is not right. I think it's interesting the two things that I talked about being full of a land full of adulterers and a land that mourneth because of swearing. We just we already talked about swearing earlier in this um in this episode. But another thing is a lot of times when Jesus rebuked the people of Israel, 
He taught, called them a wicked and adulterous generation. So these are two parts of the climate that God was not happy about with this time. And this can even, you can look at the church at this state and you can see much of this stuff is the case as well. So verse 11, for both prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Wherefore their ways shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on and shall fall therein. For I will bring evil upon them, even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. And I have seen follow, folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied in Baal and caused my people Israel to err. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also their hand, the hands of evildoers, that none doth return from his wickedness. They are all, they are all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, Concerning the prophets, behold, I will feed them with wormwood and will make them drink water of gold. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Thus saith the Lord God, Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart. So of their own heart and not of God and not out of the mouth of God the Lord. They say still unto them that despise me, the Lord hath said, ye shall have peace. And they said unto everyone walk, and they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord is gone out in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he hath executed and till he performed the thoughts of his heart in the latter days. Ye shall consider it perfectly. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from their evil doings. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? saith the Lord, do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? I have heard what the prophets said that prophesied lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams which they tell every man to his neighbor as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The prophet hath a dream. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. 
What is the chaff uh, to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets that say, prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, He saith, Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them, tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. And when this people or the prophet or a priest shall ask thee, saying, What is the burden of the Lord? Thou shalt then say unto them, What burden? I will forsake you, saith the Lord. And as for the prophet and the priest and the people that shall say, The burden of the Lord, I will punish that man and his house. Thus shall you say every one to his neighbor and every one to his brother, What hath the Lord answered? And what hath the Lord spoken? And the burden of the Lord shall ye mention no more. For every man's word shall be his burden. For ye have perverted the words of the living God, of the Lord of our hosts, the Lord of hosts our God. Thus shalt thou say, to the prophet, what hath the Lord answered thee, and what hath the Lord spoken? But since ye say the burden of the Lord, therefore thus saith the Lord, because ye say this word, the burden of the Lord, I have sent unto you, saying, ye shall not say the burden of the Lord. Therefore, behold, I, even I, will utterly forget you, and I will forsake you. And the city that I gave you and your fathers and cast you out in my presence. And I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you and perpetual shame, which shall not be forgotten. So this right here is a very brutal chapter right here. It talks a lot, but the biggest thing is it talks about is not prophesying falsely, prophesying from your heart and things that you've imagined yourself. When you even applying this to dreams, but not even just dreams, anything that you do. When you feel like you've received a word, you, well, even before that, if you know you didn't receive a word from God, never say, God told me this or God told me that, because that will get you into a lot of trouble. I know a lot of people joke around saying that and don't have an ill intent, but that is something that God does not play around with. And also, there are sometimes, even from my own experience, that I've come into people who have tried to speak in the name of the Lord, and it can bring a lot of damage to the people who hear it, and it will also bring a curse upon the person who says so, and I will get more into that later. But right here, we have to test everything according to the word of God, and we also have to Make sure that it is in the will of God. Is this going to promote the God, will of God or is it going to promote your own will? Or is it going to promote the will of something that is not of God? That is something we need to make sure. Pay attention to your dreams, but do not be guided by them. This is simply a spiritual barometer. God will let you be deceived. Yes, read what happened to King Ahab with the hosts of heaven. I don't have time to go into that story today, 
but God will let you be deceived if you are not living righteously. And as we see here, they these people were not living righteously and they were able to be deceived because they had tingling ears. So we need to make sure we are not just looking for what we want to hear, but even stuff we don't want to hear, but what we need to hear in accordance to the word of God. So we need to test these things because not all dreams come from God. Some of them are from the devil himself and some of them come from our own heart and seeds that were planted within us and from our own conceit and our own sinfulness. And we will get more into that as well. We can open ourselves up to be deceived, but we need to make sure that we seek his voice first to tell his word and not your dream. His word may be in a dream, but watch, pray, Ask for revelation and be careful. Now, I bring all this up because there's a lot more that, like I said, this is something very advanced and something that you need to read on and to pray on for yourself as well. But at the same time, many of us are getting beat up in this realm. We need to understand that things we need to understand is released during this time and not to let yourself forget the stuff that God may have spoken to you or even something that God did not speak to you. It is still important for you to remember what happened during this time. So there's verses like Matthew 13 verses 18 through 19. And it says, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, remember these dreams and these visions can be, are always about a word of some sort. But when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, it talks about when the prophets prophesied the word of the Lord came unto them, whether it be through a vision or through a dream. So when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, and all that getting get understanding, we need to make sure that we get understanding in the reading of our word and our prayer life. And even in these areas such as dreams or anything that's going on in our life to get revelation in every situation. So let me stop making commentaries and just read these verses. So hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. If anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is a place in your soul. And this is where the word is sown. This is where the commandment is grafted in and engraved upon your heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. The seeds in the dream can be caught away whether these be good seeds or bad seeds, but these are all seeds that can be caught away. And we need to make sure that we pay attention to them and not lose remembrance of them. Matthew 13 verses 24 through 25 says another parable he put forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while he slept, his enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. If you are not watchful, you are going to be confused when the tears of temptation have appeared throughout the day. I remember that it was 2020 that I finally started paying very close attention to my dreams. Not that I never noticed any dreams. Some dreams were memorable in the past before that. But as I started paying close attention, I started to notice a lot of different things and notice that these are something that I really didn't need to pay attention to. Some of these were confirmations and some of these were attacks. Some were memorable, but the vast majority were not memorable. So I had to learn to write down these dreams as soon as I remember them and not allow myself to forget because 
these dreams, you can forget them so quickly if you are not quick to write them down. So another quick nugget. There was a time when I prayed for confirmation from God and I did receive confirmation. I received two confirmations by dreams and I didn't even ask for a sign by a dream. I was praying specifically for a specific issue in my life. However, I did tell this dream to some, somebody I should not have told this dream to. And eventually I had that same dream and it was used as a false confirmation months down the line. Once again, I said in the Talk 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 series that we need to be careful not to reveal every secret that is given to you for your life, but to pray about it and ask for wisdom of God about it. So that is one aspect that I wanted to talk about, but I want to get back to the tears of temptation that I kind of brought up. So the things that the devil could sow, let's read the book or the singular chapter of Jude to figure out more about what the Bible has to say about these types of dreams. So starting with verse one, it says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God, the father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied beloved when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation it was needful needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints Oh, my Bible wanted to get stuck there. For there are certain men among you who crept in unawares, who were before ordained of old to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. There I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye knew, you once knew how the how that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed them that believed not and the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation he hath reserved an everlasting change chains under darkness into the judgment of the great day even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in the like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, and set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. So these are all things you need to pay attention to. Yet Michael the archangel, when he was contending with the devil, disputed contending with the de devil disputed about the body of jo Moses durst not bring against him a railing accusation but said the Lord rebuke thee but these speak evil of those things which they know not but what they know naturally as brute beasts and those things they corrupt themselves woe well unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished for the gainsaying of Korah. These are the are spots in your feast of charity. When the feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds are they without water, carried about with winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit twice dead plucked up by the roots. 
raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever and enoch also the seventh from adam prophesied of these saying behold the lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all to convince all that are ungodly among them that have ungodly uh, among them all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them these are murmurers complainers walking after their own lust and their mouth speaketh great swelling words having men's persons in admiration because of advantage but beloved remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our lord jesus christ how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts they who separate themselves being sensual having not the spirit but ye beloved building up yourselves in the most holy faith praying in the holy ghost keep yourselves in the love of god looking for the mercy of our lord jesus christ unto eternal life and some have compassion making a difference and others save with fear pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment spotted by the flesh now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with that with exceeding joy to the only wise god our savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen so one thing to highlight here is don't become sensual if you think you're anointed but you do not live a righteous life in god if you don't allow him to burn up the sins that are in your life then you are automatically going to be deceived even if you are in the church or something like that he will allow you to be deceived if you live ungodly, then you're going to continue to live ungodly if you will not walk in the conviction. And as well as all this, it talks about different signs of these types of people. But basically, it goes back to all the stuff. If you are living a sinful life, you're going to be deceived in every aspect of your life. Even if you feel like you are spiritual, you are not operating in truth. And it is going to lead ultimately to your demise. We also know when it comes to the area of dreams, the prophetic visions and such the like, that there are so many false prophets. Just go to YouTube, just go to Instagram. You're going to have people who are going to try to speak some sort of prophetic, prophet lying word over you. But you have to be very vigilant and be very careful. If you have lust living in your life, if you have things that are not of God living in your life and you do not have the intent to get rid of them, because I understand that everybody is not perfect you, nobody is flawless but you should not be living in habitual sin period so when you are living in this and you have no you have just decided that this is the way that you're going to live then you are phony and you are also going to speak words that are phony now going back to that issue of dreams your dreams can get very demonic very quickly and you need to learn how to take dominion over this area I wanted to also focus on one part where I was talking about filthy dreams. I started to notice both the good dreams 
when I started paying attention to them, but also the bad dreams. Now, I also did take note of a lot of bad dreams that I had that were very filthy, very demonic, very nasty, even sexual at times that I used to have all the time before. But there were some times where I noticed a few, but I didn't realize how often the devil would try to attack via dreams. I used to have these demonic, filthy attacks in my dreams or even halfway awake, these night terror type stuff and more than just sleep paralysis, but like a lot of just really weird, strange stuff that was not really talked a whole lot about. And before I truly had understanding of the significance of dreams, I didn't realize the effects of an unaddressed dream. But what does Corinthians fourteen fifteen says? What is it then? I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. And all that getting, get understanding. We need to understand the ways that Satan will try to attack us. And we also need to understand the way that God will try to communicate with us. Like I said, dreams are not something necessarily to be guided by it fully, but it is something you need to pay attention to, whether it be of God or not of God, to know what you need to cast down or what you need to pay attention and just write down and pray about. Either way, write down and pray about it, whether you're praying against it or praying for revelation about it. But when I got this understanding, I started to notice how I, every once in a while, would get unreasonably strong urges to sin or to have bad attitudes. And I knew for a fact that it wasn't because of something that I watched or because of something that I heard or something that I listened to, because I started to set the proper boundaries in my life to get rid of the media. And slowly, I, I wasn't off of social media fully at this time, but I was not on media consistently, consistently had it deleted off my phone wasn't watching TV, wasn't listening to secular music or even the weird Christian music that was weird and sensual type stuff. There's a lot of weird Christian music out there. I wasn't doing any of that. So I wasn't feeding the flesh, but I wasn't understanding where these urges were coming from, where these temptations were coming from. And I knew for a fact, like I said, it wasn't because of anything that I surrounded myself or any communications because I had set boundaries. But then Things started to come to my remembrance as I started to pay attention to this area of my life. I would have random dreams on the brink of breaking through a cycle or the brink of leveling up or going on to a new season of, in the spirit. And this spirit would be sent. And th th some people would call this maybe a spirit of setback or to put you in a loop. I don't care what you call it. You can call it whatever. But it would always appear this weird spirit, which not wasn't necessarily like a s specific type of spirit, like that looked the same every time, but something would always happen to where it would tempt me. It would almost like set me up in a scenario. And then I would forget about it when I w woke up. But when I started paying attention to my dreams, I'm like, Oh wait, I actually had a dream that I almost committed the sin or I almost did this or Maybe even that I did do this or maybe I did eat this food or something like that. And then I started to have weird urges and desires to do stuff that I was like, where did this even come from? It was in the realm of the dreams. It reminds you of your old sinful habits. And perhaps you may even committed a sin in a dream that you know that you wouldn't have done in real life. This is why it also talks about 
in the Bible to get your heart right. Because in your dreams, that's all you have is in your heart. When you're in this realm of the spirit and this is like almost like a spiritual mailbox. All you have is what's in your heart. So if you have the commandments in your heart, then I've noticed even as I paid more attention recently, I don't fall to these things, but I am still tempted by these things versus when I wasn't really walking in the commandments, I actually fell to these things. So then even though I'd be in a long cycle of doing right, because I wasn't all the way in the right, I will fall back into these things. But these are the seeds that I was talking about. Not just God, but angels. These angels are just the term for divine messengers. Now, sometimes they will be called Malachim, which is the actual being of an angel. There's also different types of angels that aren't necessarily messengers like seraphim, cherubim and whatever. But messengers, that can even be a person. But they communicate through this mailbox called dreams. But you have to remember, not all angels, not all messengers are of God. Some bad dreams come to ruin your day just by you, you speaking the death that happened in the dream over your life. Some dreams just need rebuked. But you also, you, like I said, you want to pay attention to them. You see, not all dreams are prophetic, but some are. And, but all dreams are important and could even be symbolic. And I know what some people may be thinking, oh, but it's just the food that I ate last night. And let me tell you, you're right. It could be that the Bible commands and acts that Gentiles did not eat the food sacrificed to idols. So in Acts 15 and 20, it says, but we write unto them that abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. Acts 21, 25 says, as touching the Gentiles, which believe we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing, save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols and from blood and from strangled and from fornication. Revelation 20, I mean, two and 20, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. And this is talking to the church because thou sufferest that thou, that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication and to eat things, sacrificed to idols. Revelation two verse 14, once again, talking about talking to the church, but I have a few things against thee because thou hast Thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast the stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat the things sacrificed to idols and commit fornication. So Gentiles, keep in mind, were not required to keep the customs of the Jew, but they were still required to keep the commandments of Jesus and of the church. And this thing, this commandment was put before fornication. But just like when the letters talked about the holidays and the other customs of the Jews, we use this as an excuse to add paganism and to profane the holy way of life instead of understanding that this was only meant to have less required of us by the Hebrew customs. We don't have to follow these customs, but this doesn't give us a right to make our own. This doesn't mean that we can Christianize what God said was unclean. Who can make clean what God made unclean? Who can make straight what God made crooked? Who can make unclean what God made clean? These are traditions 
of man that stem from doctrines of devils. Anytime you have a tradition of man that is not based off of biblical principles and not based off of God, and it's going to be a stumbling block both for people in the church and for people trying to understand why there's hypocrisy in the church. People try to use verses about meats, just like many other verses in the Bible, to justify the lackadaisical, Laodicean church culture that tries to use grace to trump the commandments and wonder why they live a cursed life. We have to abide by his commands and spiritual laws so that we don't give occasion to Satan by our ignorance. There's so much that we have to pay attention to, but we have to make sure at the end of the day that we are going by his word, we see over and over again that these prophets, both Jezebel and Balaam, were two prophetic figures in the Bible. They called themselves prophetesses, I mean prophets and prophetesses, but they were living lustful lives. And because of people's tingling ears, they listened to them. But you have to look, what does this thing produce? Anything in life. You know, we talk about personal conviction, but really the Bible talks more about desires. Conviction is not necessarily something that is mentioned in the Bible, but we need to look and see what does this urge me to do? What is this lust or this desire? Because luster of the flesh and desires are of the spirit, the spirit, not your spirit, but the spirit. What does this thing create in this prophecy, in this dream, in this vision, and even in things in normal life, the TV show? the music that we listen to, all these different things. We need to pay attention. What does this thing create? Does it lead us closer to God at the end of the day or further from God? It doesn't matter what you believe because you can't believe a lie. You need to make sure you are paying attention to what this is producing. There is no such thing as a gray area. And I love it because somebody from my school said it this way, who was getting their life back with Christ. They said they had to learn that there are no gray areas in Christ because a gray area is just a confusing version of a black area and that there god is not a god of confusion so anything that creates any sort of confusion you might as well just go with the clean option because there are no gray areas there are no confusing boundaries in christ we have to abide by his commands and his spiritual laws so we don't give occasion to satan's by satan by our ignorance and you may say oh well i don't know and i haven't chose to know so it's not going to hurt me but the Bible clearly says people are going to perish for a lack of knowledge and not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. So we need to pay attention to all this stuff and make sure that we know our word so that we know what is of God and learn to discern what is of, what is not the spirit of God. Another thing, poverty can come quickly when we sleep. Why do you think Solomon emphasized this so much? This does not mean that we can never rest, though. The Bible commands us to rest but we should not be obsessed with sleep we shouldn't be afraid to sleep either too much sleep or too little sleep is a tale telltale sign of heavy demonic activity in your life we should be excited because we're about to receive some sort of spiritual insight but we should not be obsessed with sleep we should be ready to receive rest but we should not be obsessed with it and we should also not abstain from sleep and be restless because we should labor as i talked about this last episode to enter into rest so rest is an important part to it's a part of your worship to God. That was the point of Sabbath was to rest and to worship God and to commune with God. So rest is important, but laziness is something when we will go into an area that is not of God. And even 
when it comes to our walk with God, if we are living a lazy Christian life and a lackadaisical Christian life, then we are going to end up falling into idolatry. We're going to end up falling into the things that are not of God. So going to the next passage of scripture I have here, Deuteronomy 13, verse 1, and it says, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee saying let us go after other gods which thou hast not known and let us serve them thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or the that dreamer of dreams for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God and with all your heart and with all your soul so remember John 14 15 John 15 14 all the first John tell us to love God is to be obedient with them so he allows the stuff to happen in order for us to be proven do you really love God are you this is that trying by fire are you going to survive this test do you really love him with all do you know enough of his word to know what is of God and what's not of God do you pray enough to have that discernment and connection to the spirit to be able to hear this is not of God or this is of God so picking back up um, in verse 4 ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him and that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he hath spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shall thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. If thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or thy wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, which thou hast not known, nor thy fathers, namely the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shall thine eye pity him neither shalt thou serve thou spare neither shalt thou conceal him but thou shalt surely kill him thine and thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death and afterward the hand of all the people keep in mind this is talking to the people of Israel this is in the Old Testament and thou shalt stone him with stones and he shall die because he hath sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness as this is among you if thou shalt hear say in one of thy cities which the Lord thy God giveth thee to dwell there saying certain men the children of Belial are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, which ye have not known. Then shalt thou inquire, and make search, and ask diligently. And behold, if it be truth, and the certain, 
And the thing certain that such abomination is wrought among you, thou shalt surely smite the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, destroying it utterly, and all that is therein, and the cattle thereof, and the, with the edge of the sword. And thou shalt gather all the spoil of it into the midst of the street, and thou shalt burn with fire the city, and spoil therefore, thereof every whit for the Lord thy God. And it shall be a heap forever, and it shall not be built again. And there shall cleave not the cursed thing to thine hand, that the Lord may turn from his from the fierceness of his anger, and show thee mercy, and have compassion upon thee, and multiply thee, and hath as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, when thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep all his commandments, that which I command thee this day, to do that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. So there's so much, so so much in here. But there's ways that we can also apply this to us as now, not only just to pay attention, but what is the intent of people? We talked about God, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law, just to fulfill it, not to translate it, but to interpret it and to get our hearts right. That is the key thing that you will notice throughout all these scriptures is that these people have the wrong heart. And we know that this is all a part of your soul, your heart, your mind is all a part of your soul. And this is where you hear things. This is where you will hear things, whether it be of God, of you and your own lust, and even of the devil. And that is why we need to make sure that we have his commandments engraved upon our heart, that we have his word to cleanse us. Uh, remember Psalm 19 that talks about the, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever, and the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether, and they are more to be desired than gold and sweet honey. These are things that we need in order to get our heart right. We need the word of God. We need to understand how he operates, the reason why he made things the way that they are. So then when God tries to speak to us, we hear God and not ourselves, not our lust. And this is the attitude we need to have to anything that is vanity, anything that is idolatry in our life, to totally destroy it, to totally and utterly get rid of anything that causes even an ounce of idolatry. In order to remember the condition at the end of this chapter to do this, to burn up, to get rid of this sin completely and anything that causes this curse and anything that causes this for your sake, for your mercy, for your compassion and for your grace. This is what you need to do this for. So this is the attitude we need to have so that we can not even just in dreams and for visions and for prophetic words, but just for everything for we for us to have discernment. We, how are you going to have discernment for lust or for any demonic spirits if you're friends with them on the weekends, if you're clubbing, if you're drinking, if you're taking drugs, if you're having sex outside of marriage, if you're doing all this stuff, watching pornography, how are you going to have be able to discern this if you are with the spirit regularly, but you tolerate it? You're not going to get mercy for that. You're going to get judgment for that. So we need to make sure that we stay within the grace of God and not trample the blood of Christ and that we live a lifestyle. That's what, when it becomes sin, when these things become a lifestyle. And that's when we need to make sure that we aren't lazy about the stuff that we watch. Even if it's just something that seems kiddish. So much of the kids shows are demonic. I remember I was watching when we were in high school or something like that. It was some 
um, goofy show called Larmer on Netflix. And I think we were watching it at our grandma's house or something like that. But anyways, it was literally, there's no words. It was the goofiest show ever. But I remember our mom was looking at one of the episodes and she was like, go back and pause it. And we were like, why do you want to go back for like, there's nothing going on in the show. She was like, you'll see. She went back, she paused it. And there was the this bird in this episode for whatever reason, but the chain on its neck, it was just flying back and forth for like two seconds in a frame. You really couldn't see what it said. But when she went back and paused it, that chain said 666 on it. So it's so much demonic stuff that is plugged into these TV shows, even the most childish, foolish stuff. And even, and even outside of that, we should not be entertained by folly because the stuff that we let entertain us is going to enter our heart. All that folly that you watch is going to become a part of your heart. So I even try to abstain from all this foolish stuff anyways, because it could taint your wisdom, which is what we need to understand our dreams, what we need to understand the different things in our life and to build from them, to use it to edify to prophesy is to edify. That's the purpose of that is to be able to edify. But how are you going to be able to do that if you don't have any wisdom? So we need to make sure that we are living as a holy, acceptable sacrifice unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. To be holy and acceptable, we must be wholly and completely submitted to God in all of our ways. These things are done to test us. We will not fall for these temptations. We will not fall for any tests. We will not fall for anything if we are in the love of God. We will not even fall for it because we know what is of God and what is not. Now, you may not always understand your dreams, but we need to be careful about interpreting. Don't go looking at some angel number site or some psychic or some weird demonic stuff because I've seen some stuff about dreams and it's just like, oh, like, what are y'all even talking about? Like, what made you even look there? Like, just when it comes to dreams, you don't need to look up anything. Just read the Bible, look for symbolism within the Bible, but ultimately just pray to God about it. The Bible talks about praying to God for wisdom and revelation. And if any man lack wisdom, ask of our father. Even Daniel received interpretation that he didn't always truly know what it meant. Job, our job is to be watchful and to be prayerful. I truly believe the emphasis was placed on old men dreaming dreams, not because they're the only ones that have dreams, but they, most of the time, they have enough wisdom to, and experience to have a good understanding. Now, not everybody that interpreted dreams is old, but I think that's why the emphasis was put on them, because it usually takes people long to get this wisdom in their life and to value it. So... They would have a good understanding of this if they paid been paying attention to them throughout their life now let me add up you can also open up yourself to demonic attack and false confirmation based off of your own sinfulness your own vanity which is pride and worthlessness and your own idolatry zachariah chapter 10 verse 2 says for the idols have spoken vanity and the diviners have seen a lie and have told false dreams they comfort in vain Therefore, they went their way as a flock. They were troubled because there was no shepherd. They seen a lie. If you are not operating out of the spirit of truth and you are not fully submitted to God in all your ways, you will be subject to lies. Sure, you may see in the spirit, but you will be seeing by fallen angels, demonic messengers. This is why Paul had a rebuke that diva, that diviner, 
who was speaking facts, but from the wrong spirit. If it is not holy, it is not acceptable. And that's what we need to get right, church. We need to make sure that we are living pure and holy so that we will be sensitive, that we will be discerning of the spirits. God will pour this out of his spirit, that we will have discernment, that we will be able to see these things. It is God's will for us to see some of the stuff and to understand, to receive warnings and to see what is coming ahead. He doesn't do anything unless he's revealed it unto the prophets. And he's given us the spirit. He, the Bible tells us to covet to prophesy. And this is an important part of doing such. But we need to make sure that we are allowing ourselves to be cleansed, to let go of those things, even those things that we don't think are important, but we just love it so much. It's going to lead you astray. It's going to lead you astray. So you have to make sure that you are living an intentional life, intentional life for God. God can discern your heart with its intent. So if you're not living intentionally, you are bound to be deceived. It is not an option. You are going to be deceived. You have to have the right heart in order to not be deceived. I'm not saying you're not going to see anything, but you're going to be deceived. But to live in revelation, you have to live a holy life. And that is not to say you are a perfect person, but you have to live with intention and allow God to remove those things, even those things that are normal in society today. We have to come out from the world. We have to be separate. And you're going to look weird. You're going to look goofy. But that is just what it costs. But if you truly want to operate how God wants you to operate, you have to be willing to do so. So going on in my concluding passage of scripture, Numbers chapter 12. And I know I said a lot here. There's so much I want to expound on. And even before I say that, um, there's a lot of things when it comes to interpreting dreams. Sometimes it may be harder to interpret certain aspects, but there's a lot of things that look at what something is. So this is just my nugget as I've paid attention to certain things. For example, let's say you're looking at something that happens with a car, whether it be upgraded, downgraded, crash, and whatever. That is something that is a vehicle, a destination, transportation. You're not going to see cars in the Bible, but you're going to see donkeys in the Bible. You're going to see... Um, horses in the Bible and chariots in the Bible. And you're also going to see certain aspects and principles mentioned throughout Proverbs and such about these chariots and all that. So you can even use your Bible app or Bible gateway online and look up, okay, I may have had a car, but what is another thing of transportation? That's just one aspect, looking at food, looking at such certain things, what is clean and unclean animals that may be attacking you and stuff like that. Use the Bible as your reference and also simply pray about it so i know i didn't have too much time there's a whole lot that i wanted to give you in this episode but my emphasis is just to pay attention to pray about it and get revelation because this is a realm that so many of us get attacked in in a daily basis on a daily basis because we are ignorant and we don't pay attention but no, I'm going long. This is the makeup for the last episode that I made that was going short because it was in a loud environment and I didn't really have that much to say that week. But let's pick up in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 1. And it says, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because they spoke against the anointed man of God because he married an Ethiopian woman. This is a thing about ethnicity, not necessarily about racism because there's no such thing as racism. There's only one race. And I'm not going to go too deep into that, but this is the thing about ethnicity because this was very valuable to the people at that time. So anyways, picking up, 
whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek or humble above all men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And then they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. And he said, Hear now the words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in visions and will speak unto him in dream in a dream. But pay attention to this. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him I will speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches or anything that is ambiguous and something abstract that you have to figure out, any sort of riddles or any such. And he will speak very clearly unto him. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, when then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. And, Mo and Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let not, let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she say not, be not ashamed for seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days. And the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people were moved from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. Now, there's a lot of things you could pay attention to here. For one, you can look at the difference between Jezebel and Balaam, which is something I just thought about. Balaam, he was of God at one point, but he fell off from God. Jezebel was never inspired from God and made herself a prophetess. And that is one thing that you see here. Aaron was already a priest. Miriam was just there and she was just talking about stuff. And that's why she got cursed Two, There's something about leprosy, which I'm not going to go too deep into. But the leprosy that we see today is called Hansen's disease. And it's not necessarily the leprosy that is of the Bible because it said he would, they would be consumed and they would look as they would look when they were born. Babies don't look half eaten when they were born. They look brighter they look with a less complexion when they are born so that is what leprosy was in the bible not what that weird stuff we be seeing now because that is not leprosy do your research on that but there's so much to talk about in this just from looking at moses and speaking against the anointed but i think the most important thing that we see here is how god communicated with moses versus many other prophets dreams are important but don't be satisfied with dreams. 
Don't be ignorant. I'm encouraging you, you this whole episode to pay attention to them. And there's so many good examples that I could bring up. There are so many examples that I could bring up, but for time's sake, I could not go into every warning that was in the scripture and every vision in the scripture. There's so many. That's what half the prophets are about, our visions and dreams that they commune with the Lord with. Don't be ignorant of them, but pay attention, but don't be satisfied with them. This is just another thing in our arsenal as we are disciples, disciplined ones, learners and followers of the way of Christ. He has more than visions and dreams and these trances and such like the open visions, closed visions or what, whatever you want to call them. But he will speak to us if we are quiet enough. Remember, he speaks in a still small voice. We live very loud and very busy lives. And many of us don't hear the voice of God because we are so busy in our mind. And if we're not actually busy, our minds are still busy because we're on social media, always getting the dopamine hit. We never want to be bored. We're always on YouTube. We're always doing something. And we're never quiet enough to hear the voice of God. We give him two seconds. We give him two seconds before we go to bed. And we half of us don't even pray to him when we get up. The first thing we go to is our phone. So that is our idol right there. So make sure you really have God first in your life because you have to, or you're going to be deceived even by somebody who is within a truth speaking church. There's deceivers in there as well. You have to be sensitive to the spirit and you have to be consecrated. You have to live with the intention of your heart and to seek his word and seek understanding, not just going off of some theologian, which is philosophy of man, not philosophy of God, not just going off of, I know my pastor, Pastor James, which um, I passed away, but a man in my life, he told us, don't just take what I'm saying. I could be lying to you. Read for yourself. It says, if anybody has the Holy Spirit, they don't need a teacher, but they have the Holy Spirit. The point of a pastor, a bishop, because pastors aren't necessarily even the term that the New Testament used. The point of a bishop in your life is to oversee, to rebuke and all that. But their primary job, they should be feeding the flock, of course. But that's not necessarily their fault. If you don't know something, it's your fault because you choose to be ignorant. The Bible says if you're full of the spirit, then you don't need a teacher. You have access to God. You don't need a priest. You don't need to go through nobody to figure out if you need to live right on the job to do even ministry. Ministry is just servanthood. It doesn't have to be something necessarily through the church. There's so much that God can do through you. I'm not trying to say that you need no authority in your life. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is we need to grow up and stop being babies and to get into the word for real, to pray for real, because there's so much wisdom that we can gain from that. If we seek it, seek first the kingdom and everything that you need will be added to you, whether that is tangible or intangible, whether that be through blessings or through wisdom or knowledge, anything that you need. God will give it to you if you seek it first with the intention of your heart and you are fully committed, willing to give up whatever needs to be given, willing to add whatever needs to be added into your life. So we need to make sure that we are not ignorant and we are not, but we also need to make sure that we are not satisfied with just these dreams. He has more than visions and dreams. He will speak to us if we're quiet enough. We don't seek first a dream but the kingdom we aren't led by dreams but we are led by the holy spirit but we need to make sure that we are not ignorant hosea 4 and 6 popular scripture my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge 
I also will reject thee. Thou shalt not be no priest to me, saying thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, and I will forget thy children. We need to walk in the spirit. We need to walk in his commandments. There is nowhere in the scriptures that ever indicate that we are free from these commandments to live a lackadaisical life. This is not what the grace was for. Remember Jude in these times, people are going to pervert the grace of God into making it a way of sin. The grace of God is just remember when we are into adoption, walking in the spirit is, for example, with your own parents, when you are in your home, you know, even if your parents aren't around, you still need to walk in the ways they've told you not to do stupid stuff because you're going to get in trouble for that. And also it talks about not, and this is something I talked about with my friends. And this is something that just came to me even through our discussion and Bible study that it talks about to come out from the world, to separate the holy from the profane, the clean and the unclean, because that one little bit that you merge with, then that is going to cause sin in your life. And remember what we were talking about. When you are full of the Holy Ghost, you're adopted into Christ. You're grafted into glory. And you are as God, not as God, but as the Son of God. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, and we have to walk in the Spirit from then. Because if we aren't, then we're going to get into vanity and to compromise. And when you compromise, even in the littlest area, and become one with the, one with, um, the world it says what fellowship does god and belial have what fellowship does god and baal have god and mammon you can only serve one master so if you cleave to the world it says to cleave to what is good and abhor that which is evil let your love be without dissimulation and hypocrisy so when you leave the father and cleave to the world that is just like you leaving god and his wisdom in the ways of the church the true church not these false churches and even the direction of some churches that are going into not the church, but God and the actual church, not the culture that we call church today. But when you leave God and his ways and his statutes and stop walking in the spirit and you cleave to the world, that is like you cleaving to foolishness. It's and we're supposed to be living like resurrected. We are forever supposed to be sons and daughters of God. Now, this is talking about in the spirit. But if we spiritually leave the father and go and cleave to wisdom, I mean, false wisdom, folly, and we go and cleave to the ways of the world and we cleave to the great horror of Babylon, it's just this spirit of this whoredom spirit of folly. If we cleave to the ways of the world and leave God, it says we are cleaved into that. A man will leave a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they will become one. You are outside of the will of God. That is what happens when you are not living 100% for God. You are leaving his ways. And, and once, if you cleave to the world in the littlest way, you are outside of the grace of God. That is what I've come in to tell you today. And that is going to cause confusion. That is going to get rid of this grace that is on your life. When you are outside and you are not walking in the spirit, that's why we need to live in the spirit, to walk in the spirit, to pray always, to read the word and to know the word knowledge of the, the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy one the beginning of understanding and all that getting get understanding because if you don't understand these topics if you don't understand these concepts you're going to be whooped in these areas we need to make sure that we have understanding and we don't lack this knowledge of god knowledge is not an evil thing knowledge is something that god gives but we need to also have understanding so that we can have wisdom and we can build from this as corinthians 14 first corinthians 14 tells us to covet to prophesy that we may edify build each other up in the church so we need to make sure that we 
are staying within the grace of God, that we are living as a son of God and not leaving God to cleave to the ways of the world. That is a great imagery that was revealed to me in conversation. And we had a great conversation uh, talking about that with my friends. But that is what it's like. We need to make sure that we are staying in the grace of God. Second Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to know the ways that God said in his word that he communicates to us but we also need not to be ignorant of the ways of satan and the ways that he will try to tempt us and the ways that he will try to plant seeds in our life so as we come to a close this episode i pray that we will be full of wisdom and full of understanding and seek to pray with understanding to learn to war in the spirit to learn to pray against these the battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. And that's what we need to be garnered with the loin spirit with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and as another place says, of righteousness, truth, and love in the Bible. Feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, holding up the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wet, uh, wicked. That's both belief and doctrine. We need to make sure that we have everything pure and right according to God. Helmet of salvation and fighting with the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. We need to make sure that we know this stuff and that we are not ignorant. So as we come to close, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for everything that you provided for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would continually lead us in your way, lead us in your paths, teach us your ways, as Psalm 25 says. Show us your paths. Show us the secret that is for them that fear thee and for them that are humble. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would bring fire upon every deception, that you would disannul the covenant of death and give us the covenant that brings revelation. Pour out of your spirit wisdom and understanding and revelation. Pour out of your spirit counsel and might. Pour out of your spirit knowledge and fear of the Lord. Pour out of your spirit truth. Pour out of your spirit, Lord, the grace and faith to believe. And pour out of your spirit understanding that we may know the ways of you. That we may walk in your statutes. That we will walk in the testimony. That we may walk in your spiritual laws. That we may walk in all the ways that you have for us. To walk in the fear of the Lord. To walk in your ways. To walk clean and to walk with understanding. I pray that you will give us understanding when you give us visions and dreams. That we will remember them. That we would have revelation. And that we would not be ignorant of Satan's devices. But that you would teach our hands to war to pray against these things, to come out of agreement with the devil. I pray against every covenant. I pray that you would bring fire upon that, upon every stronghold on our minds and in our spirits that are causing us to be stagnant and not to grow and to go deeper and further to the word of God. I pray, Lord, that you would give people a desire to seek these things, that they would have understanding and that they would go and study this on their own, Lord, and that they would be blessed for such. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to give revelation to your people, to continually grow us, that we would not stay children, but that we would think and be as a man, be as fully grown people in Christ, and to continually walk as disciples, learning and growing in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to thank you guys all for listening. There was so much in this episode. I didn't even get to say every single little thing that I wanted to say. But the point is pray about this stuff ask god for revelation in this stuff like i said i know i talked a lot about bad and a lot about the being careful about it but there's a lot of things to pay attention dreams warnings from god visions prophetic things from god that god wants to give you ways that he wants to speak to you but also just to be still 
and to be quiet, to know the will of God, and to get rid of the things that are vain in your life. That has been the purpose of this whole season, to be true disciples, not just focusing on reaching people, but getting ourselves right as well. This is something that is good for people to know that don't really have a full foundation because this is a way that Satan will try to attack us. It's the way that witches will try to attack us. There's astral projection. I've seen it. I've seen a lot of weird and crazy stuff. You guys would not believe some of the stuff, but also I know people who, even if you live in a sin, you open yourself up to these attacks. So... This is something that is so important that we are not ignorant of. So continue to pray for revelation. Continue to seek God first in everything, and he will protect you. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. So continue to trust him, continue to love him, and seek him with all. Be radical with it. And until next time, I pray that you guys all have a blessed day. Thank you guys for watching, and God bless.